I'm Justine, and, and we, we are, are the Murder Sisters. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Um, so, yeah. guess what day it is? <laughs> it's Friday, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also episode thirty day. Oh, it's the whole day is <laughs> episode dedicated 30. to episode thirty. Oh, oh, oh! As episode thirty, yeah, So we're <laughs> excited. That we have finally made it to episode 30. I think that took a, us long enough. It's not a huge milestone, but it's a big one. It I think feels like I mean, ever since things have slowed down a little bit, it's like yeah. creep into that. Um. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for sticking around. Yeah. Back. Um. I do have a small announcement. We mm. had a listener by the name of Jenny who wrote in with a case suggestion. Mm-hmm. And we have been working on it. Yes. Just know this. And so our next recorded episode will be covering that case suggestion. Correct. Stay tuned. It's a it's a doozy. And I don't know. I We were thinking about possi- possibly breaking it up into two episodes. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh-huh. Um, if, we, if we're recording and it's like, you know, mm-hmm. needs a second episode, sure. We'll see. Why not? Mix or, it up. Or it might be a really long one episode or... Yeah. We don't know. We and don't you know. never know with us. We're um, inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. But we're con- consistently inconsistent. Yeah. We do want to make sure we spend the appropriate amount of time on this case. Correct. Because it is so involved. But just. And there's like updates and like. Yeah. Yeah. All but stay tuned. Yeah. All right. Shall I begin the episode? You shall. All right. I'm a little rusty. Can you tell? Oh, my God. I am so shall rusty. Shall she. Uh, this week's case is going to be covering the disappearance of a 19-year-old transgender teen from Charlottesville, Virginia, mm-hmm. by the name of Sage Smith. Okay. Sage Smith disappeared on the night of November 20th, 2012, and has not been seen since. This case is one that I learned about a few years ago, and recently it popped in into my head, so I thought, hey... Let's cover it. And yeah, I thought, hey, 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 yeah, it's a good. Yeah, case I to remember cover. this case, too. It's um, yeah. Yeah. And to see I, if there's any updates. That's yeah. All these the disappearances. It's like, oh, Where hey, is it now? what's yeah, going on with that? With Did they case? find her? Um, so anyway, you know, we thought that would be a good one to do an update on and see where it's at. In my opinion, this is one of those cases where you can pretty accurately guess what happened but there isn't enough evidence to actually charge anyone with a crime um we can discuss our theories at the end of the episode of course doing which we do and we're probably 99 percent wrong but oh i thought you were gonna say right i was gonna (laughs) correct you and be a hundred percent right but um i am curious to see what you think about it elisa okay I do need to make a note of something that is pretty important. Although Sage changed her name to a female name, changed her gender on Facebook to female and posted, I am a girl now in a post um, on Facebook. The family and some friends of Sage's referred to Sage as him or he. And and some even used her born name, Deshaun. Yeah, super confusing. Yeah, because we watched some episodes, uh, uh, you know, yeah, we do like a combination of like news articles mm-hmm. 
And then there was an episode we put all, we'll put it in there. And it was really confusing. It threw it, me well, off. No, I, to me, it's like they didn't fully accept maybe or, or they were, I don't know. I don't it's, know. I don't yeah, want to jump to weird judgment, but either way for from, this, yeah, uh, the sources that we post, just like keep that in mind that the family didn't quite, you know, respect Sage's wishes i guess <laughs> to um to be referred to as her and she so although sage's family and friends used he him pronouns we are going to respect what sage stated as her gender on facebook and use she her pronouns correct just wanted to get that clear mm-hmm. sage smith who was born male and named Deshawn, was born on december 13th 1992 to parents latasha dennis and dean smith and Dean separated from Sage's mom shortly after Sage was born. Family and friends said that Sage loved to dance and she also loved doing hair and makeup and was actually enrolled in cosmetology school at the time of her disappearance. According to her family, Sage wanted to be a professional hairdresser after completing cosmetology school. When Sage went missing, she was 19 and had recently shared with friends and family that she was gay and transgender. Sage's family was very supportive of this change-ish. And her mother and sisters actually said that they knew that Sage was gay from a young age. But that they were waiting for her to come out to them. And Mm. it was just something that was accepted within their family. I mean, that's good. Yeah, it sounded like some family members were very, like, I don't know. Like, I think every they mostly accepted it, but maybe it was like they were still in the habit of saying he and him. I think that's what it is. And it's like, like the habit of... Yeah, using the same name. You're going to probably revert back to that at the beginning. Yeah. And this was a fairly like new change. You have to retrain your brain yeah. and vocabulary. So I don't and- know that it was so much they weren't accepting of it. They just weren't used to it yet maybe yeah and it's i don't know so um but it does seem like they were accepting yeah uh, for the most part correct the rest of society however was sometimes not as understanding and that could sometimes make life really difficult for sage kids in the neighborhood were very mean to sage her mom latasha said that on one occasion, Sage was trying to fit in with the boys in the neighborhood by playing football with them. But uh, instead of accepting her, the other boys urinated on her jersey. Oh, my gosh. So that's, that's super so messed up. Mean. And, like, kids are evil. Kids are evil. That's so mean. Isn't it? Yeah. It's awful. And um, gross. And, gr- and also gross. Yeah. This obviously hurt Sage and was kind of a blip of what she had to deal with from neighborhood kids Mm. and school kids growing up. She was bullied quite a lot. That's horrible. Sage's father, Dean, was one of the few family members who did not accept Sage for who she was initially. Dean said that when he found out that Sage was gay, it was a crushing feeling because he did not understand it. And he did tell Sage not to call him mm. and to stay away from him. Oh, my God. And along with a lot of other very hurtful things. Yeah. To your child, which is like eek. Yeah. 
you're i don't know aren't you I mean, supposed to love your child words are words but they still hurt yeah and ugh. anyway i don't i have my opinion of dean and uh you're supposed to love your child <laughs> you know people listen <laughs> love your child no matter what uh not no matter what, what. <laughs> like well. murder like murder maybe i mean i don't know but still yeah but still there are parents who are like yeah i still love my child anyway dean said that he feared what he did not understand but his younger son who was sage's brother reminded dean that he always taught them to be happy within themselves which is exactly what sage was doing like she was doing what dean had taught her to do yes this reality check from Dean's son made him realize that he needed to reconcile with Sage and mend the relationship, which he did. Good. At that time, Sage was able to explain who she was and how she felt to her dad, and their bond was mended fully. So that's, you know, it was good. it sounds like it was a brief It was a yeah, lapse, he was but again, processing, but also the words yeah, they will stick with you forever. Yeah. And ever and ever and ever and ever. Although growing up as a black gay trans transgender teen was not an easy life to live for Sage, she always remained true to herself and had no shame in who she was, which is awesome. Yeah. This would be difficult for an adult to, to come to terms with, but Sage was a teenager. Yeah. And, you know, when I think of being a teenager, oh my gosh, I think about yeah. not knowing who you are at all. And kind of like searching for your own identity and place in the world and yeah, like awkward totally, and totally. like, you know, do it like, like this or yeah. that or this or that. And like, uh, I don't know. You're going through like experimental phase. Like, yeah. And yeah. like other people kind of influence who you think you are. Yeah. And, like whoever you're friends with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a vul- vulnerable time. Um, but Sage already knew who she was and was proud of it. Which is admirable and very impressive. Yeah, honestly. totally. Like, I mean, yeah, that takes that's a lot. Ins- that's impressive. And I it agree. sounds like Sage was really going places Confident with her life. And comfortable yeah, like with- anyone who's that, you know, knows himself and is proud and yeah, out there with it. That's cool. Something that helped Sage tremendously in allowing her to feel comfortable with who she was was her best friend by the name of Shakira who was also transgender, gay, and black. The two of them really supported each other and were there for each other as they both transitioned, which is awesome. That's awesome. That's great to have somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that you're... A lot... You, I mean, most people that are going through that process don't have anybody Feel like that, super yeah. alone in it. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I just... I think that's just wonderful. I think that's just I just think that's wonderful. It makes my heart warm to know, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, they they had each other (laughs) and they can like relate and talk to each other and have, you know, have that they this huge thing in common. They were able to bond with each other, share things and provide a lot of support. Support is like the biggest thing when you're transitioning. Yeah. I, you know? I mean, I would imagine. I would imagine. I'm like when you're tra- I I know. I don't know. But I would imagine that you would want to surround yourself with supportive people that understand what you're going through. 
And um, leading up to Sage's disappearance, she had made plans to surprise her family members by showing up at her mom's house for Thanksgiving. But she would not make it to the house to mm. celebrate the holiday with her family. I, it's always like around holidays. It really is. Or yeah. uh, like a lot of murders I've noticed happen in like September. We don't know that Sage was murdered, right? Oh. Or do we? I don't no, know the We ending. don't. But I'm just, I was, that was like a side note. Yeah. <laughs> like I've noticed. In December. Like holiday. No, September. Oh, sep- oh that's because it's your birthday. Am I allowed to say that? My whole birthday is the month of September. Because <laughs> I always feel like things happen in May. Like bad oh, things happen in May. Is that what it is? I'm just like so yeah, self-centered. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like. I'm not just... self-centered. <laughs> Self-absorbed. But, or... you know, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on Thanksgiving. Cut that out. <laughs> I we all know I'm not going to. I know. On Thanksgiving Eve, which was November 20th, 2012, at around 5.40 p.m., Sage let one of her roommates by the name of Aubrey know that she was going out for a date and would be back later. When Aubrey woke up the following morning, Sage was nowhere to be found and had not returned home at all from her date. Not looking good. No. And it, am I picking it up? I think you're take it away. All righty. I will pick it up where Justine left off on the night of November 20th, 2012. After Sage left her apartment for her date, she was seen by her stepsister, Kiera, 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 uh, near the Amtrak station on West Main Street in Charlottesville, Virginia. And that was around like 6.30 p.m., At the time of their encounter, Sage was talking, I guess, on her phone. And according to her stepsister, it sounded like she was going to meet up with somebody. So Kiara was able to hear the person on the other end of the phone ask Sage where she was. And Sage responded that she would, quote unquote, be there in five minutes. We don't know where there is. And also Kiara didn't know or ask who Sage was talking to and that is pretty much the last known interaction that anyone had with Sage. So on November 21st, Sage's roommate, Aubrey, who Justine had mentioned, she called Sage's grandmother who went by the nickname of Cookie and to let her know that Sage was missing and had not returned home from her date the night before. And at that time, Cookie had instructed Aubrey to call the police and try to file a missing persons report. Mm -hmm. So it immediately, like, alarm bells were going off for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. The roommate called right the next morning. Okay, good. Cookie said, call the police right You know, as soon as she contacted, Aubrey contacted her. And so after reporting Sage missing, the Charlottesville Police Department, they were able to get the missing persons investigation going fairly quickly, uh, despite it being Thanksgiving Day. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a busy, busy day. I mean, not cool, but. No, it is. I mean, they they... rallied the troops. Uh Uh-huh. Upon realizing that Sage was missing, Sage's mom, Latasha, had made a phone call to Dean, who was Sage's dad, and she let him know that Sage was missing. But one thing that they decided to do, the parents, is they decided to keep 
the fact that Sage was missing a secret from the two daughters. So Sage's sisters. Okay. Because they didn't want to, you know, worry them before they knew that there was actually something to worry about. Yeah. Like, let's first do, like, try to find her. Yeah. See if we can. Mm -hmm. And if things get really serious and let's. But then uh, good old Facebook. Somebody had posted. Yeah. So, you know, despite them wanting to protect the girls from the unsettling news that their sister was possibly like missing, somebody had posted on Facebook and it alerted. Who was it that posted? I don't know. Like a someone of someone of some like Aubrey, the roommate's friend. Oh, Sage is missing. Has anyone seen her? Like. Yeah, I, it so, was probably like good intentions. Obviously, but yeah, but just getting the word out. But uh, yeah, so Sage's family members they weren't. They decided like early on, we're not going to wait for police to start a search for Sage. We're going to take matters into our own hands. And at that point, they started to put their knowledge of Sage together and try to hack into her cell phone records. Okay. And they did it. No way. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. I'm like, I don't I think I, I never can. Even when you're like, can you look on at my phone at this? And I'm yeah, like, you Ugh. always forget my password. Yeah. To my and you phone. tell me. And I still can't remember. Yeah. So they were like, after a few attempts, attempts, yeah. attempts, attempts. <laughs> attempts, they were able to like break into her phone records. And what they were able to find was the last number that Sage had been in contact with. And it happened to be a number that was out of state. And none of Sage's like friends or family were familiar with the number that yeah. she was in contact with. Okay, normal. Yeah. I wouldn't so, be familiar with all the numbers in your phone. So doing their due diligence, Dean started calling and calling and calling and calling, calling Dean. the number. Oh, Daddy yeah. Dean is. Yeah. Okay. All right. And. Of course, nobody answered. I think, I believe it might have said like this number is no longer in service. Like there was something. It just didn't work or this person can't be reached. Or the voice mailbox Something like that. Whatever. They couldn't get in touch with the person. Okay. So while her family was going through Sage's phone records, the Charlottesville Police Department were canvassing the area that Sage was last seen in. And their hope was to find surveillance footage that would show them like where Sage went, who she might have been with. But despite, you know, Main Street being one of the most busy high traffic areas in the town, they were not able to find anyone that had seen or talked to Sage. They couldn't find surveillance footage that was provided by local businesses that gave them any sort of. Yeah clue of no, where no she went. video nothing. footage whoa and it was on literal main street that's nuts yeah so nothing and disappointing i know and so sage's family were not going to sit back and let a roadblock keep them from mm-hmm. continuing their search and i would say a pretty genius move dean again sage's father yeah he <laughs> okay dean what do i know you got for he's us? like very he's like all right let's Let's figure this out. He mm-hmm. put the phone number on Facebook with a posting that asked for anyone with information regarding who the number belonged to to contact him. Oh. And within a few hours, he received a DM from another transgender friend of Sage's by the name of Yami. Mm-hmm. Yami Ortiz. And Yami told Dean that the number belonged to a man named Eric McFadden. 
Wow. And Eric McFadden had been known to be a dating sage recently. Okay. But Yami also informed Dean that Eric was not out. And oh, in a, no. Yeah. In That's... addition to that, he also had a girlfriend that did not know that no. he was dating Sage. Oh, great. I think, like, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, uh, that kind of sent up some red flags immediately. Who is this guy? We yeah. need to find out more about him. So, again, Dean, genius, he asked uh, Yami for a photo of Eric. Like, do you have mm-hmm. a photo of him? And then she sends it to him. And he then makes a second post on Facebook. Oh, no. Oh, my God. This time he posts the picture of Eric and requests any information that anyone may have on him. And it, I mean, he basically, like, I get that he was looking for a sage but yeah. you pretty much outed Eric on the internet. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, but it's like this. Yeah. yeah I know. And I Dean get it. did keep the information regarding Eric, like within the family. He didn't tell the police. Um, okay. So that, yeah, he but should have definitely, but the police weren't too far behind him. Okay. But they were actually made aware of Eric McFadden after his girlfriend, Esther reported him missing hmm so apparently oh yeah it's like all right all entangled apparently esther had been out of town remember it was thanksgiving yeah she was visiting her family and eric had stayed back at their shared apartment she hadn't heard from him and so she requested basically like a welfare che- check on him okay so police were sent to esther and eric's shared apartment but they were not able to make any contact with eric and it appeared that there had been no signs of him being at the apartment. So at the time of that welfare check, both Esther and Charlottesville police, again, they were not aware of the fact that Dean had posted that picture of Eric on Facebook requesting information about him. Mm-hmm. And police only learned about the posting after Yami had contacted police to share information about Sage and Eric's secret relationship Jeez. And the fact oh that, yeah, God. and the fact Are that. Are you writing this down? Yeah. And the fact that he was pretty much the last one to be in contact with Sage. And Yami also showed them the posts that Dean had posted regarding oh, no. Eric. Yeah. So. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, so once police learned about the connection between Sage and Eric, uh, they released that information to the public. They were pretty open. for. They weren't keeping much nothing close to the chest yeah yeah i was gonna say close to the hip but i don't think that's That's shooting from the hip Elisa. oh yeah (laughs) that too um so they released the information to the public and they actually named eric as a person of interest wow all right yeah because because he was the last person yes yeah um so like it almost blows my mind how fast this case moved yeah that's what i'm trying to keep up and like, i mean they police were like what? Oh, on what? top of it yeah it seemed like they were following the leads yeah. like everything that came in mm-hmm. and they didn't even need dean's facebook stuff they found out on their own well yami yeah came in and t- made the connection for them yeah that's true. i mean they would have eventually probably made the connection true 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 but um 
Yeah. So like another odd thing is that Eric had not been into work for three days. Okay. Uh, Again, his girlfriend had not been able to reach him. No one had seen Eric since Dean had made that post about him on Facebook. Mm. And well, uh, yeah. So I'm going to say like, like, even though this isn't a good look for Eric in terms of like his potential involvement with the disappearance of Sage, I do understand Maybe him wanting to lay low since Dean blasted his business all over the internet. Mm -hmm. You know, I get that. Um, But after Eric's girlfriend, Esther, gave police access to perform a search of their apartment, police had seized Eric's computer. They also located a CVS receipt that was timestamped for November 22nd. So two days after Sage went missing. So we know that Eric was in the area still two days at least after Sage's disappearance. Mm -hmm. And police immediately requested the surveillance footage from CVS and they were able to easily identify Eric as being the one that made that purchase on November 22nd. Okay. So even though they were able to like confirm Eric's identity, they weren't, you know, it didn't give them any more clues as to what happened to Sage. Yeah. All right. But... At that point, they had also put in a request for access to Sage's full um, phone records, including transcripts of text messages. Mm -hmm. And they were granted access to that. And basically, they were able to see that Sage had, based on the text messages, had possibly stood Eric up. So Eric had sent a few texts saying things like, I'm giving you five minutes and fine by or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So after reading the messages, police realized that the two maybe didn't meet up that night. Okay. And Eric said, basically said as much when he made a phone call to the Charlottesville Police Department to try to like explain his side of things. Mm-hmm. So he had made the call to them and he explained that he took off to New York for something that was unrelated to anything to do with Sage or the posts or oh, anything like that. Okay. All right. And, all right, all and right, he admitted, right. like, I did have plans to hang out with Sage. We didn't end up hanging out that night. And he did confirm the relationship that him and Sage okay, had been secretly well. having. And after speaking with officers over the phone, Eric had also agreed, like, once I get back into town, I will come into the station. And I will meet with you guys and kind of go into things in more detail. Basically, like, I don't have anything to hide. And I'm anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's basically like I didn't know what was going on. I had left for New York. All of this stuff happened when I was gone. So I'm totally willing to, like, communicate with you guys and Mm -hmm. cooperate. Yep. But uh, that didn't happen. Eric never came back. I to was the gonna station. say, I'm like, oh, so he was first on my suspect list. Yeah, but now, oh, okay, Eric's. Oh, yeah, he never, he never came in. It was to all speak to them. It was all talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. blowing steam. Um, so you know, I mean, that made Eric not look good. No, 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 no. Yeah, he's it, immediately back up to the top yeah. of my suspect list. And actually, to make things for Eric look even uh, worse, his girlfriend Esther had shared an email with police that Eric had sent to her. And 
basically the story that he shared in that email to Esther was in complete contrast to the story that Eric had <gasps> given police over the no. phone. Mm-hmm. All right. In the email, Eric had admitted to seeing Sage the night that she disappeared. He Whoa. said, yeah, he said that they were walking together and then like another, a group of people showed up and he had taken off and left Sage there. Basically, I don't, he said Sage had a lot of enemies and he didn't want to stick around to find out what the group was going to do to Sage. What? Oh my God. That's so, which is weird. And then Eric also said that Sage had been blackmailing him and was threatening to out him to his girlfriend and his friends. And he wrote this email to his Esther after everything kind of. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, (sighs) why would he admit any of that to his girlfriend if it wasn't? I mean, part of it, I think. Yeah. I don't no, know. I don't believe anything he says, honestly. But why would he admit to hanging out with her that night? He admits to hanging out with her and then immediately distances himself from her. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Okay. I see what you mean. You know what I mean? It's like, sure. And then yeah, blames I'm gonna her. Admit, like, I'm, she had a lot of enemies. She was blackmailing me. Yeah. Uh, you know. And I left. I didn't want to see what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, right. In my opinion, that kind of gives a motive. Yeah. For why he may have harmed her if Sage was really blackmailing him, you know? Yeah. Yep. So after digging into Sage's relationship history a bit more, there was another suspect that kind of came to light. Okay. And it was a man that Sage had been in a relationship with who also had a girlfriend. And Mm -hmm. it was a secret. The relationship between him and Sage was secret. Mm -hmm. Again, same situation. Okay. All right. And they were, obviously, it's like, okay, that's another possible suspect, right? Yes, yes. And he became even more plausible because apparently the man's girlfriend had found emails that Sage had sent to him. And he blamed, 100% blamed Sage. For the for girlfriend, what? For the girlfriend <gasps> finding oh, out. Oh, it's your fault that you yeah. wrote me these emails. And this guy was so Ooh. furious at Sage that he had actual actually followed her one night and attacked her on the street. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. And <gasps> char- it was so bad that charges were pressed against him uh, for Whoa. assault. All right. Yeah. Well, so oh. he's looking like a really good suspect, right? <sighs> However, Sage, why are you messing with him? I don't like, know. So dangerous. Assholes. This yeah. guy, he seemed like, okay. Def- yeah. yeah. He already attacked her. But he was actually incarcerated. Oh, mm-hmm. I was waiting. I was like, what could possibly? Yeah. So there was absolutely His no mom way. His <laughs> yeah, him. No, no way that he, he was incarcerated. All right. All right. All right. All right. And then another lead that police received happened after Sage's credit card had been used. Mm-hmm. So again, they after were like, she went missing, yeah, okay. So again, they requested video surveillance, and they pulled it up, and they were able to identify the person using the card as being Aubrey, Sage's roommate. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say Aubrey. Yeah, I know Aubrey. Aubrey. I know Aubrey. <laughs> um, so the fact that Aubrey was using Sage's credit card made and, police very suspicious. And then that Aubrey is like, Sage told me that she was going on a date. And then I just didn't see her again. Yeah. Yeah. To police, it kind of signaled that Aubrey may have known that Sage wasn't going to be coming home. Yes. You know, so. Totally. 
Therefore, I can use her card and I can rack up purchases and I'm not going to be held responsible. Sage will, but I know she's not coming back. So that was kind of what police were thinking. And police, so police obviously brought Aubrey in and they asked her about the use of Sage's card. And Aubrey had said that it was common for them to use each other's cards to buy groceries for the house. I'm sure they can look at the Mm -hmm. history and... So although that kind of sounded weird, it was it was an odd explanation, but it kind of checked out. And according they didn't to have like Venmo back then, I guess, yeah, right? according to like a couple friends like that was it. It normal it checked out. OK, Um, but Aubrey did make I mean, she technically made a false statement to police regarding how she, how much she knew Eric. Oh, Aubrey had told police that she only met Eric one time. Okay. But there were eyewitnesses that had said that they saw Sage, Aubrey, and Eric hanging out a few nights prior to Sage's disappearance. Mm. So, you know, there's some fibbing going on yes. there. Yes. But again, and they're kind of like. what would be the motive yeah, behind saying. I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. So, another small, very small break in the case came when a, a woman by the name of Monica Williams had called into police and she had reported that she saw Sage at a place called Wild Wind Cafe the night that Sage disappeared. And it apparently had been after she had been in contact with Eric. So if we look back on the timeline for the night that Sage disappeared, mm-hmm. police determined that at 6.27 p.m., Eric had sent a text to Sage saying, I'm leaving, you stood me up. Then at 6.30 p.m., Sage's stepsister had had the interaction with Sage while Sage was on the phone with Eric McFadden. And okay. then, yeah, so, and then the next known activity by Sage was made 30 minutes later at 7 p.m. when Monica Williams said that she saw Sage at the Wild Wind Cafe. All right. And the Wild Wind Cafe shared a building with the Amtrak station, which apparently is where Eric and Sage were supposed to meet each other. All right. So okay, I don't know. Yeah, I'm so, like lost now. I'm like so that okay, means okay, that okay, okay. that means that Eric and Sage could have met up between the 30 minute gap in time in the timeline when Sage was seen by her stepsister and then later by the friend Monica. And if that's the case, then Eric possibly had nothing to do with Sage's disappearance. So. We don't know what. Oh yeah, because yeah, because she was seen saw, after yeah. they had supposed all right, to be all right, up. All right. So uh, weeks and months passed with no sign of Sage. Uh, there were no break in the case. Eric still was not coming to the station to talk to anybody, and not knowing what happened to Sage was, according to the family, the worst part. They didn't know if she was alive, if she was dead, if she was hungry, if she was cold. Just all this stuff's going through their head. And then also, so 10 months had gone by. And then another girl by the name of Hannah Graham had went missing in the same town. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I'm bringing this up is because police had made note of the difference in the response of Hannah's disappearance versus Sage's. Sage is a transgender black gay person. Yeah. And Hannah Graham is a white strawberry blonde. Straight or hetero. Yeah. They both went missing out of Charlottesville 
Virginia. And with Hannah, police said they had so many volunteers. They were basically knocking down the door and there was over a thousand news vans that showed up to cover her disappearance. And that was like in complete contrast with the efforts that were put forth by the public Mm -hmm. regarding Sage's disappearance. We see this a lot of times in the news media when a cute white girl goes missing. That's going to be covered a lot more. It gets media attention. Yeah. And, you know. Why? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. It's like everybody deserves. Everybody deserves like the same amount of coverage. Yeah. And even the Charlottesville Police Department admitted like this is a problem. There was a huge outpouring for Hannah, but the same attention was not given to Sage. Yeah. So I don't know if that's relevant or it was just it kind of reminded me of the Tamla Horsford case. Yeah. Yep. You know that we covered. I can't remember what episode that was, but and I don't I didn't want to get too off track with that, but it was something that came up. Something to state and something to, you know, bring out bring attention to. Yeah. So after years and years of searching with no further breaks in the case, everything kind of continued to come back to Eric who still was not willing to come into the station or speak with police regarding the night that Sage went missing. And in 2016, the Charlottesville Police Department had officially classified Sage's, Sage Smith's case as a homicide. Okay. And this was only after they poured through the case and went through interviews again. And then in June of 2019, Charlottesville Police filed another missing persons report for Eric McFadden at the request of his mother who had not been in contact with Eric and was concerned about his whereabouts. So he still hadn't come in to talk to police and now he's like missing. And apparently the police said he could be in Maryland or South Carolina or Georgia or New York, but they don't really know. And that's kind of, that's kind of, like, there haven't been any more updates. There so haven't nothing. been breaks. Okay. Eric is not cooperating. And quite frankly, he doesn't have to. He doesn't yeah. have to come into the police station. And unless they get more evidence of his involvement, he doesn't have to cooperate. He doesn't have to come in. He doesn't have to make a statement. Yeah. But at this point, he's missing. And Sage is considered murdered. So Eric's totally missing? Yeah, I just said his mom filed a missing person's report. (laughs) Like totally missing? Whoa. Yeah, his mom filed a missing person's report. That's crazy. Because she hadn't been able to get in touch with him. All right. And they don't know where he is. He could be in And they can't track him through. I don't don't know. (sighs) I I mean, he's a grown adult. Uh, Yeah, but that's, that's what they say. Yeah. Every time. Um, I don't know. In my opinion, it's, I think, obviously, and Charlottesville Police Department agrees that Sage Smith is dead. I think she yeah. was murdered. Yeah. I think Eric McFadden had something to do with it. Yes. Um, You know, I think that Sage was possibly threatening to out him. And Eric was yeah. not willing to allow that to happen. Yeah. And silenced her. And, you know, I'm not. But then how funny how it all came out. It came out anyway. Hardcore in the end. I mean, like not only. (laughs) Yeah. But people react. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. And then they think about it afterward. Like they don't think about, okay, what is what are the actual steps that are going to happen? Yeah, exactly. They think they could just cover everything up. And like, yeah. 
And you it's know, all a secret. in my mind, I keep going back to where is Sage's body? And that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So I, I isn't there cell phone tracking? I've never and- been. I don't. Yeah. There's like mm. something. There has to be something. But I've never been to Virginia, let alone Charlottesville, Virginia. Mm-hmm. So I did Google a little bit. And um, apparently there's a lot of national parks. Uh, there's the yeah. George Washington National Park. Southwest Mountains. So but you'd think so, a hiker or someone would But I mean, across, when mountains are that vast or like, I don't, I don't know. You know, that's like the only thing I can think of. Like where... I can't believe there wasn't any um, video footage on Main Street. Oh, can we talk about that? I know. I'm like, <laughs> this is literal Main Street. And, and it they- wasn't that long ago. No. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing. Well, I think I agree with your theory that Eric had something to do with it. Yeah. And um, where the hell is he? So, yeah. Do we have a picture of him that we can post on? on yeah, on I our mean, sources. Can easily, yeah. He's blasted all over the internet. Let's I do mean, it. He's, yeah, <laughs> he's been blasted everywhere by. Well, everyone. let's just post him anyway. Yeah, and hopefully we can find justice for Sage and mm-hmm. and our and, family and yeah, yeah. I I this is a long shot, but anyone with information about Sage Smith or. Eric McFadden or whatever can contact Sergeant Ron statements statements at 434-970-3939 or make a call to Crime Stoppers at 434-977-4000. And that's anonymous. You can make an anonymous. Crime Stoppers is always anonymous. Cool. Just letting you know. I don't know now. about Sergeant Ron's statements. <laughs> I don't know. He about might put Sergeant Ron. on blast. Yeah. He's like, Elisa Christine. He's oh, like, sh- never mind. <laughs> I was about to say my full entire name. I didn't that Please bad. don't do those jokes, Elisa. Okay. All right. Anyway, so that wraps up episode oh 30. Woo-hoo. Thanks, y'all. Dirty 30. Thanks. I don't know. Thanks. And we'll see you next time for yes, Jenny's um, listener request. Yep. Bye. Bye.